The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Cast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you today? Rob Goodman, as always, I am fantastic. It's a beautiful day outside. And before I forget, coming up this weekend, it is Mother's Day weekend. So I just want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to uh, all our mothers. If you are a mother and are listening to this, then happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, It's slightly different in Britain because apparently, you know, we can't sort of do the right time. So ours, I believe, is in March. So our our British mothers have already had a Mother's Day. But you know what? You're that good. You deserve another one. So, uh, yeah, consider yourselves honorary American mothers as well. Every day should be Mother's Day. You should always be thanking your mother, your grandmother, your wife, or who, who have you. Just uh, send a text message, an email, send roses if you want to. Just show appreciation to uh, the people that bring life into this wonderful world. So uh, it's been a wonderful world. Hey, Rob, did you do anything interesting uh, this this week so far, buddy? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, did a couple of things. <laughs> um, Fred bought in another bird, so I had to clean that up. That was relatively interesting. Um work's been okay um but yeah it you know fairly standard week yourself oh you know it's been a little busy here or there uh, i'm not sure if your listeners can really uh, appreciate what we're doing we're beating around the bush <laughs> as we are uh we're not gonna fully spoil it but as we're recording this is a wednesday yesterday rob and i recorded a uh, podcast with a, a very very famous uh person in the wrestling world and uh i'm not gonna give all the details just yet we're just gonna give you just a little bit of a teaser but uh yeah we are going to be on a very very famous wrestling podcast coming up uh very soon and we are super 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 excited about it are we not partner we are indeed yeah um it was it was certainly a bit of a surreal experience um and it came together really quickly as well not only did i think it wouldn't happen um i certainly didn't think that it would happen as quickly as it is i think from the moment you mentioned it to actually recording the podcast i think it was only two weeks so uh it's been a bit of a whirlwind but uh yeah it was one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life but 
you know, hopefully when the episode drops on this podcast, and obviously we'll uh, we'll put out on social media what it is when it drops. Um, hopefully, you think we did the company of stardom. Um, did it well, did it right, and hopefully did uh, good by them. So uh, yeah, hopefully in the next maybe ten days, might should be out. Yeah, I'm hoping. My birthday is next uh, Friday, and this person there's a little bit of a hint. This person releases some episodes on Friday, so that'd be a heck of a uh, heck of a birthday gift. So yeah, we shall see. Uh, they did, they did say they'll get back to me in a day or two when the episode will drop. So um, if we uh if if it is not dropped um by next week we will go into a full review of pretty much uh, everything that happened so uh yeah we're super excited and i do have to say and i'm going to say it live i'm going to say it on this podcast i'm super proud of you for many reasons you were fantastic on the episode but uh for all of you longtime listeners of the show i want you sitting down because i don't want to give anybody a heart attack or startle them again this is probably going to be the biggest show we've probably ever done up until this point you know i don't want to put a ceiling on our talents, obviously, you know, we're going to be heard by, you know, hundreds of thousands of, uh, of ears and we're, we're honored for that. But, uh, folks, Rob plugged his own book at the end of the episode. <laughs> I was so proud. I was so proud and so happy because it was like a day or two before we were texting back and forth. Like, what are they going to ask? Blah, 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 this, that. So I don't know. I said, well, you know, obviously we'll be fine because they want to talk about stardom. We know our stuff. And, you know, I think we're on an absolutely fantastic team and we play off each other really, really well. You know, it's one of the reasons why the podcast is doing so well is because we're we're a great team. But I said, I think this person is going to ask this, and this would be the perfect opportunity to plug your book. And then Rob texts me back, can I really plug my book on this like really big podcast? And I said, well, if you don't, I will. So sure enough, the uh, as the end episode is wrapping up, the person asked the question that I thought they were going to ask. And Rob gave his answer and said, oh, by the way, I have a book coming out. And I was like, literally like high-fiving myself, like, you know, like in my own head. I'm like, he did it. He rarely, it even said, I rarely do this. Like he rarely does it on the show. Again, I always plug, you know, for longtime listeners of the show, I always get the cheap plug in for Rob's book. Uh, but he did it on this one. So I'm so happy for him. So any new listeners, you're probably saying, Matt, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about Rob Goodwin's book. Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th Anniversary <laughs> in Review, available where you get all of your books and uh, and whatnot. <laughs> Thank you, man. Um, yeah, it was, again, it was one of those where I was like, I was saying it, I was like, I can't actually believe I'm saying this. Um, but I didn't even plug the Living the Dream one. I plugged the one I've got coming up in December, I think is the, uh, is the current sort of tentative day. I'm hoping to have Chasing the Dream, which is the follow-up to Living the Dream. Um, which is going to be a full review of 50 of the greatest stardom matches of all time, which I know I've talked about a little bit on here. Um, all the artwork is done by the incredible Shining Wizard Designs, Matt Charlton. What a guy. What just a lovely human being. Um, and you'll obviously see little bits of that that I've retweeted or it's all over my Twitter feed. Um, but if you want to see some progress shots of the book as it's coming together again, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, it's going to be out by December. Um, I've, I'm about 13 matches in. 
So uh, fingers crossed again, like I say, it's going to be uh, it's going to be out in December. If you want to get some uh, updates on it, then you can follow the progress on Twitter at, at stardom underscore book. And it's called Chasing the Dream Stardom Book. It's just a Twitter page where basically I'm going to post little bits of uh, little bits of updates and, you know, little snippets of uh, match reviews and things like that. So you can uh, keep up to date with the progress. But uh, yeah, it was weird to plug my own stuff. I did feel a little smidgen dirty afterwards. Um, but yeah, it was uh, certainly an experience. I can't wait to talk about it in a little bit more detail, hopefully next week. Um, and I'm sure you'll message me with uh, when it's going to go up. Yeah, you're the first person I will uh, I will tell, sir. And again, I will give all the details of how everything came about. Uh, again, you know, I say on this podcast all the time, the people I reach out to to get on this show or to do something with the show or to try to get our name out on a weekly basis is absolutely incredible. And we only hear back from, you know, 5 10%, you know, what have you, which is fine. But uh, this was definitely the biggest fish in the pond. And uh, the fact that we landed, and again, like how you said, nailed, landed it uh so quickly and so timely and you know again not only that yeah but uh when they asked for a date and i said well what about towards the end of the month they're like can you go in like three days because they want to get you guys on asap and i was like i think it just has something to do with just how hot the company of stardom is and striking why the iron's hot but yeah it came together really really fast so uh and obviously it's a, we'll, we'll get into it more next week or again if the if it gets released earlier or we have an, a date when it's going to be released you know keep an eye on our social medias and we'll start plugging it there but obviously we could have not have done this uh without the fantastic listeners of the show so we thank you and uh i guess enough of teasing because we really <laughs> everyone's like what is it what is it what can it be <laughs> well to be honest i'm amazed that we haven't had to uh, pause the podcast and me have to do some on the spur editing because i genuinely thought i'd ruin it um just generally blurt their name out but uh, i've managed to so let's get slightly more <laughs> yeah. on track <laughs> Um, because folks, I don't want to alarm anyone, but we actually might be on course for a shorter episode today. Um, which again, they're words that preface danger. So, uh, yeah, this will probably be four hours, but, um, obviously it's golden week this week, otherwise known as the week Sonny doesn't sleep. Um, you know, there's been show after show after show after show, um, all around Japan. And obviously, unfortunately, that means that Stardom World has taken somewhat of a back seat during this time. Um, as we record, as Matt already mentioned, it's Wednesday, the 10th of May. Um, only one more show since last week has gone up on Stardom World and it only went up this morning. So neither myself nor Matt have had chance to watch the show from Fukuyama uh, from the 30th of April. So what we're going to do next week, and next week, guys, it's going to be just the most bumper of bumper episodes because not only will we be going over our review of New Blood 8, which we'll be talking about at the end of this show, not only will we be talking about Himika's retirement ceremony, we are also going to have to recap all of the shows from Golden Week, which I believe is going to total about seven shows. So um, I'm not planning on doing anything other than watching Stardom and sleeping over the next week, Matt. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting too, uh, to say the least. I have a uh, I have a show this Saturday because I was like, well, you know, Saturday's my only day off, you know, kind of day off from any of my uh, my jobs. So I was like, oh, I can just watch it. I'm like, oh, I, I have a booking this Saturday. So I am going to do my best 
to, uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to do my best. I'm going to be able to watch every show that is on Stardom World up until when we record next week. So, yeah, it's going to be a blistering episode. Yeah, and uh, New Blood 8 we have, we're going to talk about, and I'm super excited for that card. I believe that one is airing free on loot on YouTube this Friday, correct, Rob? It is indeed. 12th of May, free on YouTube. I think, and I could be wrong, I think it's a 9 a.m. start if you are living in England, but I could be wrong. I'll watch that when I get home on Friday. That's what I'll do when I get home from work this Friday. So that's a cool little way to start my weekend and be watching that show. And it's it does seem like one of the more stacked New Blood cards. And obviously we get towards the end, but got my dream match for the main event, Tam versus Tam. So I'm super excited about that. I love the fact that you're assuming it is going to be the main event. At the moment, according to the Stardom website, the official Stardom website, it's not listed as the main event, I'm sorry to inform you. Though, you know, how do you, how do you top a match of double tam um but yeah it's apparently at the moment it's the new blood tag titles are the main event but as always it's card subject to change so uh, i imagine we could see tam nakano walk out in the main event i'm sure um but before we talk about a little bit of news and then diving headlong into what was a show that massively over delivered um matt what is coming up on patreon this week on Patreon this past week for the alternate commentary, Rob and I did alternate commentary to Mayu Iwatani challenging Kagetsu for the World of Stardom Championship coming up next week. Next Monday, we will be releasing the next alternate commentary, which will be Yuzuki Ayakawa taking on Mako Satomura, which timing on that one is perfect because I know that is a match that you just reviewed for your book and you just put up on Twitter. So I know that match is fresh in your mind and we're going to go back and watch it all again, partner, and uh, call all the action. So I'm super excited to see that match. Um, later on today, again, as we are recording this, I will be recording um, for the bi-weekly uh, posts, the uh, Hazuki, all of her white belt, Wonder of Stardom attempts. And for somebody, Rob, that has never held the Wonder of Stardom championship, she arguably has like three of the top 10 Wonder of Stardom matches of all time, you know, with Momo, with Arisa, and uh, with Saya Kamatani. So it's just like, wow, if you were to make a list of your top 10 or top 15, those three of them are probably in there. Oh, and by the way, the other two matches, he's wrestling Io Shirai and Kairi Hojo as well. So, uh, yeah, I had a blast going back and watching those five matches. So I will be recording that today, and hopefully that should be up by about the 14th or the 15th. So, um that's what we have coming up for the uh, the Patreon in the next few days. Also, we released the new logo and their stickers as well as Belt Collector Shiri. Um, Haley has done another fantastic job with the uh, with our logo. And there's going to be, I think, four more logos on tap, like pretty much once a month from now until the end of the summer. As soon as I released that, uh, that, that sticker, um, I had a couple people message me and said, hey, what are the possibilities of you doing Red Belt Tam? And I'm like, yeah, it's already commissioned. So Red Belt Tam will be, uh, that, that'll be shown, probably should be done the next two weeks. Haley uh, has been doing all of our logos. She uh, got a full-time job as a tattoo artist, so which is like her dream job. So I'm super happy for her. So she did tell me you can still commission me, but it's going to take a little bit longer. So, so Red Belt Tam will be coming up next. And then uh, in the month of July, we are doing our theme for Patreon will be five-star Grand Prix. So Rob is going to pick the uh, the picture that uh, that logo will be. And then in August is going to be the summer of Saya, Saya Kamatani. So there will be a Saya Kamatani logo coming up in August. And then in September will be the uh, Io Shirai, Shirai September. So then there will be an Io Shirai logo. 
So keep on the lookout for a bunch of new logos on the Stardom cast because uh, this train just never stops moving, does it, Rob? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and obviously on our um, initial release schedule for the new Patreon, we've said that um, on the second Sunday of the month, we're going to do our All Japan Women's or All Japan Pro Wrestling alternate commentary um, for our IWGP tier. That will be coming up, but it will be next week um, simply because when we would have ordinarily recorded we recorded the podcast that we were teasing at the start of the show so that will be next sunday so our iwgp tier do not fear we'll be giving you that review and i think we've already announced matt that it's going to be kikuchi and kobashi versus the cat versus the canam express from uh, back in 1992 we definitely did announce that didn't we yeah, a few times. So I'm super, super excited about that. And uh, excellent pick on that one, partner. I tagged you in for that one. I said, pick a match. I mean, you really can't go wrong from any match from that era. And that is, uh, you want to talk about heat, heat in a good way. Boy, that crowd is, uh, they react to everything. So uh, I haven't probably haven't seen that match in two or three years. So I'm super excited to watch that match and call back with your partner. Absolutely. It's a great match and I can't wait to watch it again. Um, so let's talk about just a little bit of news today. It's been uh, something of a slower week in terms of news. But what we have got is the full card for Himika's retirement ceremony in Corican Hall, which is Almost completely sold out. I think there is a handful of tickets, but as far as I'm aware, it is pretty much sold out completely. Um, this is going to be on Sunday, the 14th of May, 2023. Last Jumbo Princess, the Himika Retirement Ceremony. And the card is as follows. So we open with a singles match, Maysera versus Aya Sakura. A three-way match, Micah versus Suzu Suzuki versus Ruaka. We've got a six-woman tag team match with the God's Eye team of Suri, Marai, and Amisori taking on the uh, Neo Stardom Army team of Nanai Takashi, Yuna Mizumori, and Hanako. Uh, Ten-woman tag match next with stars Mayu Iwatani, Hanan, Sayurida Koguma, and Hazuki taking on the um, Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa, Wakasukiyama, Mariah May, Zena, and Jesse. We've then got a 12-woman tag team match, which will pit all of Queen's Quest versus all of Oeditai. And then in your semi-main is a six-woman tag team match as my notes randomly just closed down, um, which will see uh, Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and um, our Sayori Anu taking on Julia May Sakurai and Tekla. And then, of course, the main event is going to be Himika's retirement ceremony. Um, it's going to be an emotional show, Matt, certainly. Um, I don't think I'm ready to see Himika's retirement. I don't think anyone is ready to see Himika's retirement. But what a way to go out with the match you had with Micah. And also, pretty much selling out Corrigan Hall just on her retirement because it's only recently that this card has been announced. And I know that tickets were selling extremely fast when the only um, announced uh, segment was Himika's retirement ceremony itself. Yeah. It seems like the card, I mean, obviously the stardom roster really can do no wrong though. It seems like there's like just a bunch of matches put together that will be good. You know, all Queens quest versus all of a widow tie. 
that'll be good. And then the uh, Team Tam versus Team Julia. Again, that feud will never, ever die, and I'm nobody happier about it than me. That'll be really good. But I think it's just this this Cork and Hall show selling out for two reasons. Number one, it is uh, Himika's retirement. And two, just the stardom name on the top of the marquee is going to sell tickets regardless. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it seems like it'll be a really, really uh, solid card. But obviously, the main thing that we're going to take away from this and the one thing that we'll remember for months and years on end is Himika's retirement. I agree with your partner. I don't think anybody wants to see her go. But again, what a way to go out, not only with that match with Micah, but ever since she announced her retirement, she really put her foot on the gas with all the matches. Her match with Ami Sori, uh, her match with Julia, uh, ALK versus My Himmy match, her match with Natsupoy, the match with Mina Shirakawa. Every match was like just fantastic, you know, four stars and above. Um, you know, some of the six person tag stuff she's done, the hardcore match that they did with DDM versus uh, the prominence team. I mean, she really left everything out there, every single match that she had and really, you know, good on her. So uh, yeah, it's going to be sad to see her go. I hope we see her pop up from time to time. I mean, maybe we'll see her pop up on social media or maybe every now and again, if she's around, uh, maybe she corners Julia or Mike in a match, or maybe we, we kind of just see her pop up on commentary. I know it's very little has been known, of what she wants to do, you know, if she's gonna be involved in wrestling at all. Again, even if she just pops up from time to time, I mean, that's up to her. That's completely on her. If she doesn't owe anything to anybody, but it'd be nice to see her, you know, to pop up on the show from time to time, just maybe to wave hi to, to somebody, or you know, even better yet, just come and throw some lariats. But uh, yeah, I mean, what a what a run, you know. Again, only having a very very short career, but at the same time, a catalog of matches that anybody would be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be nice to give her the the send-off that she fully, fully deserves. Irrelevant of, obviously, how we feel about her actual retirement, whether we want her to stay in the ring. She's doing this because it makes her happy, and that's a really, really, really good thing. The fact that she is in control of that destiny, I think that's really, really important. Um, but, as I've already mentioned, the uh, the Golden Week shows that we thought we were going to be reviewing, unfortunately, aren't up on Stardom World. However, there are just a couple of things that have happened that we're sort of going to sprinkle into our Fukuoka Goddess legend, or legend of Goddess Fukuoka, depending on which way you say it, um, uh, that we're going to sprinkle into our review. So if you don't want to hear that, just wait until the shows are up on Golden Week and then come back and listen to this awesome, awesome episode. Um, but we followed up all-Star Grand Queendom with Stardom's latest pay-per-view effort. Some are calling it a B pay-per-view, which I think, you know, it's not disrespectful. There was no red belt title defense on there. There was no Mercedes Monet. Obviously, there was no Kyrie. Um, and the card itself looked good, but obviously nowhere near as good as All-Star Grand Queendom. However, Matt, I feel like this was yet another show that just hit another level. Like You looked at this card and thought, just in-ring quality, this show's going to be good. It's going to be an entertaining watch. However, there was no bad match on this card. There's no match that I would actively encourage anyone to skip, with the exception of maybe the Rumble, which is the pre-show anyway. But on the main card, there are entertaining undercard matches, and then those last four matches that we're going to be talking about absolutely slap don't they um as always rob i cannot uh disagree with you at all i mean you looked at the card i'm like yeah it, it's gonna be a good card it's again the stardom roster is just insane 
And uh, we, when we previewed the show last week, we knew this was going to be a saw car, especially those last four matches. And you kind of have an idea in your head, like star ratings or how much you're going to enjoy it or what's going to, you know, how the wrestlers are going to look coming out of it, what you're going to want. I think every match over delivered and even the undercard matches. Uh, and yeah, the rumble was, it was what it was, but you can even say that last minute and a half, two minutes with Mace Akira and Suzu Suzuki was damn entertaining. And all of a sudden that's the singles match that I didn't know that I wanted. That now that I want, so uh, yeah. Overall, you're not going to. It's you're not going to keep build. I mean, you're going to keep building, but you're not going to one off the last pay per view. I don't know if you ever will. I mean, maybe again, I don't want to put a ceiling on stardom, but again, it's one of, if not the greatest stardom shows of all time. But what a way to come back from that show as your as your follow up with this show, and what a great way to really highlight the wonder of stardom championship with that main event. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And with Julia down the card, Mayu down the card, Tam down the card as well, you really did put a spotlight on the likes of Natsupoy, on the likes of Mina Shirakawa, who coming out of this just feels like even more of a star than she already did. Just the incredible rise, the meteoric rise of Mina Shirakawa at the moment is unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, you look at Amisori and Mirai, Azumi, who were given sort of that spot higher on the card. This show has done wonders for them. You know, obviously Azumi, big star anyway. Um, but, you know, to be that high up on a card and to be exposed and to do as well as they did, I think is a huge thing as well. Um, in terms of the actual show, Stardom Fukuoka Goddess Legend from Thursday the 4th of May 2023 from Fukuoka International Centre in Fukuoka in front of a reported 1,338 people now for reference um stardom this is the second time that they have run fukuoka international center um i believe almost a year to the day ago they ran fukuoka goddess festival where i believe it was sayakamatani versus micah in the main event for the white belt um that drew 1156 people so this 1338 isn't only stardom's biggest attendance in this venue um it's also the largest post covid attendance at the venue and the highest since dragon gates final gate show in 2019 which drew over 3000 people um now wrestling don taku i know i said last week the wrestling don taku was going to be in the same building um but wrestling don taku 2023 which drew i believe 4000 people is was actually listed as the fukuoka convention center which i believe from research is a different building on the same site so I think it's sort of all overseen by the same sort of company um, and it's on the same side, but I think they are two separate buildings. So, uh, yeah, a, another good number for stardom, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime that you see the pack, and I noticed that as soon as the show started, I said, boy, there's a, not a lot of empty chairs here, which is a really, really good sign. Again, another number in the uh, the four digits, over 1,300 people. It just uh, just goes to show that this stardom uh, craze isn't going away for a long, long time. And I don't think there was anybody that left this show that felt disappointed. No, and I want to talk a little bit about the setup because I loved the um, the staging that they'd done with this show. With It was like a banner around the top of the stage. And it just looked 
very, very professional. And I know, obviously, you know, Stardom's production quality is getting significantly better, especially the more pay-per-views they put on. But it was a completely different look to that of the stage on in Yokohama or indeed any of the other pay-per-views. And I really did like that banner that sort of had things flashing up on it throughout the entire show. It looked really good during entrances and things like that, and during the matches as well, where it was announcing the people who were in the match. I thought it was a really cool little visual. So uh, excellent work, Stardom. Um, we move then to the pre-show, which saw our Fukuoka rumble um, as predicted and... It's probably the only prediction, aside from the main event, that we got right on this show, Matt. Um, Suzu Suzuki wins the 15-person Fukuoka Rumble by last eliminating Mei Sakurai with the tequila shot in 19 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, we'll talk a little bit about the Rumble um, in a moment as itself, because very similar to the Yokohama Rumble a couple of weeks ago, aside from one person, it was basically just the stardom roster that hadn't gone to the main card so you've got your sayurida and super strong stardom machine your lady c and your super strong stardom giant machine and so on and so forth um but i want to talk a little bit about may sakurai who it's worth noting did not win this rumble um yet she was the one that cut the post-match promo and I read in last week's Observer, um, or it might have been this week, actually, I think it might have been this week's Observer, where it said that Rossi Ogawa is a huge fan of this gimmick of, you know, the her ladyship gimmick that May Sakurai is currently doing. Um, and it seems to be getting over huge with the Japanese crowds as well. And... Um, I just wanted to ask you, basically, Matt, obviously you had Suzu Suzuki winning this 15-person Rumble. She's this huge free agent that's um, that's sort of said that her main battleground is going to be stardom, at least for the foreseeable future. Yet you have Mei Sakurai cutting the promo. That's a huge rub for Mei Sakurai, isn't it? And a potential indicator that, you know, maybe bigger things are on the horizon for Mei. If you're getting a reaction on what you're doing, whether it's in the ring, backstage promo, and entrance, or on the mic, you kind of just keep doing it. Obviously, we talk May Sakurai. As she constantly improves uh, week in, week out. She's been this way for the past year and a half. And uh, now the fact that you're giving her character and that she's speaking and she's getting over with the crowd and getting over with the promoter. Um, that's usually when you get over with the crowd, usually the promoter follows suit because then, you know, you're putting an ass every 18 inches and that's, that's, what's going to make him happy is when he, when he, uh, he catches that, uh, that, that check-in at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying what she's doing in the ring, obviously with, with, uh, Himika, um, her retirement that leaves a little bit of a hole in, uh, DDM. So everybody's going to step up their game a little bit. I think Micah's kind of the, uh, I think she has been for a while, kind of the second in command there. But it seems like Tech looks really, really picking up her game, and I'm really excited to see what she does uh, in that championship match that she had at Flashing Champions at the end of the month because uh, she was kind of derailed a little bit with that injury. Unfortunately, that does happen, and it's going to be nice to see her get back on track. May Sakurai, again, not only is improving in the ring, but they give her basically this kind of gimmick, this character, and they're giving her stick work. And uh, I mentioned it either last week or the week before that we're stardom kind of had like their biggest negative was like in the promo. Um, and now all of a sudden between like Tam stuff and Julia stuff and uh, Sherry, you know, always has those fiery promos and Mina had her promo leading up to uh, the match with Saya. Now all of a sudden this is going to be part of May Sakurai's 
uh, shtick, uh, May Sakurai uh, shtick, and nobody else really, really does it. Like she's cutting promos, win, lose, or draw after the match. So you like, you know, it's coming, and that's kind of making her stick out in this absolutely loaded stardom roster. So good on her, good on stardom, good on Rossi Ogawa for doing something different with somebody that's kind of in the middle of the card that's making her stick out. It's only going to get more eyes on her and more eyes on stardom. So yeah, excited to see where it goes because it is pretty damn entertaining. Um, as a whole, what did you think of the Rumble? I know Rumbles are sort of, you know, they're there, they're there to get everyone on the card. But what did you think of this one as a whole? First of all, I just, uh, this might be the only one that got the prediction right. You know, the year and a half I've been doing this show. <laughs> I always like them. It's, you know, it's nice you get everybody on the card. It's nice that sometimes you get somebody in the ring for maybe just a few seconds, maybe five, ten seconds where they'll maybe throw, you know, some kicks, some punches, some forms, or have a, a little spot that you may never see. And again, that's kind of like what we got at the end with May Sakurai and Suzu Suzuki. I was like, oh. I didn't know I wanted to see that match, but now, now, now that I do. But as long as it doesn't go like super, super long, again, this one went under 20 minutes. I thought it was fair. I thought it was fun. It's nice to get everybody on the card so they get the payday. Not only that, but you may have somebody in the crowd that's, you know, a huge giant Lady C fan like me. So you're like, yeah, I would pay my ticket to see Lady C regardless. So, you know, you get them on the car. They're seen in front of the people. They get some more reps in. So it's nice that uh, that that they that Stardom does this to get everybody on the show. But this was just another really fun, fun rumble. And I did really enjoy the little interaction with Zine and Suzu Suzuki. I thought that one really, really stood out as the, the two of them. Again, they weren't in the they didn't have that long of a segment in the match, but they did a good job kind of waylaying on each other. Yeah, we didn't have uh, too many surprises. In fact, we had one, which was the arrival of Tenjin Mask. Now, I have no idea who was under this mask. Initially, I thought it was Kaori Yoniyama. I thought it was Fukukin Death coming back as one of her many, 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 many gimmicks. And then I panicked when he first came out because I thought it was Kikotaro, and I was like, I can't deal with Kikotaro in this rumble. Please, please not. Um, Matt, I don't suppose you know who this was? I am because I'm just looking at who, like, okay, Saeeda's always out first. Like, it's always like Kieran Yuna and Lady C, so they can come back as the machines. So I'm looking over my notes, and number two that came out was Waka. Maybe it was Waka? That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, if anybody out there in uh, the Stardomverse will be able to tell us who that was, I'm sure that we're just missing something and someone else could. It was obviously so-and-so. Um, if you are that person who knows who it was, please tell us because uh, it did my head in that I couldn't work out who it was. I think it was Fukukin Death. But we'll uh, we'll see. Um, match one then on the main card, your tag team match: Mayu Iwatani and Hanan of Stars defeating the Club Venus team of Mariah May and Jesse. With Mayu Iwatani getting the pinfall over Jesse with the moonsault in eight minutes and fifty-five seconds. I spoke earlier about how the undercard of this show was really solid, and we seem to be building little stories as well. And one of the stories we seem to be building towards at the moment is Mayu Iwatani and Mariah May for the IWGP Women's Championship. Now, I don't know where the the first sort of, I believe the first um, defense was going to be against Nanai Takahashi. That seems to have quietened down, and we seem to be certainly building towards Mayu versus Mariah May. Even though we didn't get a great deal of interaction between the pair during this match, um, 
Is that a program you think could work, Matt? I think what they're doing with the IWGP Championship, since it's only, I mean, it's pretty much been a hot potato, you know, between uh, Kyrie to Mercedes to Mayu. I think they're going to have Mayu get a whole bunch of defenses in. So I think they're going to see the Nanai Takahashi match happen. And I think right afterwards, you'll see Mariah make, make, make a challenge. I think they're going to start building up some opponents for Mayu just so they can get the belt out in front of more people. And uh, there'll be more championship matches and just kind of give Mayu some stuff to do. And then they'll bring people up. Obviously, you're wrestling Mayu. It, 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 that's a main event match. You're wrestling Mayu for uh, a championship belt. That's, you know, that's a main event match as well. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely see what you saw here. Um, uh, that's a, definitely a program that I want to see because Mariah May has been busting her ass since uh, the beginning of this year to get better. And we see her getting better constantly. So, Mariah May versus Mayu for the IWGP a championship match somewhere down the road in the next month or two. Yeah, absolutely. That's a match that I definitely want to see. And I think that would be a very interesting kind of contrasted styles, but I think it would work out really well for a really entertaining match. I agree with you. I think Mariah May certainly earned it. The progress that she's made over the last couple of months while she's been in stardom has been phenomenal, both as you know, in her charisma and the way she carries herself to how she's acting in ring and how um, how she's interacting with other superstars. Wrestlers. Why did I say superstars? Never let me say that again, Matt. Ever. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> my, my only concern, and this is no disrespect to Mariah May because I'm a big fan, the IWGP Women's Championship is obviously going to be defended on big New Japan events. That was what it was initially packaged as. You know, your Dominions, your Wrestle Kingdoms, your King of Pro Wrestling even, maybe. Does Mariah May have enough star power to be on a New Japan card like that? Or do you think maybe they will save Mayu versus Nanai for that card, a New Japan card, and have Mayu versus Mariah May as a match, maybe in the semi-main of their own pay-per-view, or even in the main event of a Corrigan Hall show? It's a good question. Yeah, since, I mean, obviously Mayu is an absolute legend still in her prime, and I Takahashi is a legend and still obviously can go from what we've seen over the past you know, several months. That is a very, very astute observation, and maybe that's where they'll go first. I think you keep building Mariah May up. Obviously, she's wrestling, you know, two to three times a week on these stardom shows. Um, obviously, Golden Week, she wrestled, you know, way much more. But you understand my uh, my point there. So, yeah, I mean, you, maybe if you build her up her a little bit and then you throw her in the ring with Mayu, it's kind of be like a, you know, sink or swim thing. Um, and again, it's just going to be a, an opponent for Mayu. So that is a possibility. Maybe the main event on a Cork and Hall show or a semi-main event or third from the card on one of the stardom pay-per-views. And maybe you save Mayu versus the Nye for Dominion, which um, will be coming up. They usually run that show in June, correct, Rob? So that'd be coming up next month. Well, the best of the Super Juniors starts um, on Friday, as we record the 12th of May, I believe, is the opening night of the best of the Super Juniors. And the winner of that tournament over the last couple of years as well, I say over the last couple of years, um, when it was run in its ordinary place um, without COVID, um, usually gets their title shot at Dominion. I believe Dominion is usually the first weekend in June. So we are only a month away. Um, and we'll see, I suppose, what New Japan do with the IWGP Women's Championship 
when the card gets announced because I don't think the card will be announced obviously before we have the best of the Super Juniors final. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, certainly. Um, in terms of this match, I really enjoyed this match. Um, there was limited Mayu involvement, like I mentioned before, despite her getting the winning pinfall. But the person I was perhaps most impressed with in this match was actually Jesse, who I think has made a lot of progress since she arrived on the stardom roster i think she arrived on the 6th of april um and considering she's only been wrestling in stardom for about a month she looks a lot crisper a lot cleaner a lot more polished and she seems to be fitting in very well in both club venus and in a stardom ring map yeah you know we were kind of in the beginning of january we were kind of scratching our heads and was like okay like Okay, Mina Shirakawa has her own group. You know, Mina's fantastic. She puts the work in. She's been improving so much. Um, I know quite a decent amount of Zaya Brookside. Obviously, a huge fan of her father, Robbie Brookside. Um, and then Mariah May knew nothing about. So kind of thinking, okay, you know, who are we bringing into this company that I love so much? And Mariah May, obviously, her improvement has been fantastic. And then we have Xenon, who I knew nothing about. And I've been impressed with what I've seen with her. And Jesse as well. Uh, again, you're taking somebody from the NXT system, trained by you know Robbie Brookside and uh, obviously Norman Smiley, and then Matt Bloom as well. And then you're sprinkling in you know Shawn Michaels stuff in there. Uh, so you know that person is going to have really good fundamentals. And then you're sticking her in the most loaded promotion, the most loaded roster in all of wrestling. You're only going to get better. But for her to get this good this quick, it's like, oh, okay. What are we going to see in the next three or four months? Not only from Jesse, but from everybody else from Club Venus. So I know that when this thing first started, I think everybody that was unfamiliar with the majority of the members of Club Venus, like me, wasn't really sure what to expect. So far, it's in everything but a home run. But yeah, Jesse did a really good job standing out here. I thought Mayu and Hana, they worked really, really well as a team. We've seen them you know, team up before in tag matches and multi-person matches, and they have really, really good chemistry together. So I thought Mayu and Hannon's tag stuff was really, really excellent here. And uh, I thought they did a great job uh, highlighting Hannah as well. Despite the only negative I will say about the show, despite her changing her music, even though they wouldn't have come out to her music anyway, it's because it's Mayu. It certainly did soften the blow a little bit that it was Mayu's music, at least that they came out to, because I think it would have had to have turned the pay-per-view <laughs> off. Um, had Hannon's new theme ha- uh, happened, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm ready for that heartbreak again, Matt. Um, but yeah, I agree. This this stars pairing of Mayu Iwatani and Hannon has certainly got legs. And uh, the more they pair, the more I want to see them challenge for a goddess of stardom title further down the line. Um, obviously, this was the first prediction that we got wrong. <laughs> um, that they will that Club Venus will be uh, challenging for those goddess of stardom belts but uh the match that we have set up for that is uh more than makes up for it and i think is going to be a uh a sleeper hit on the flashing champions card which we'll go into in a moment i gave this three and a quarter matt a really decent way to open this show yeah absolutely i like a little bit more than you they're good sir three and a half we move on then to match two, which is another tag team match with the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Sayori Anu defeating the Oeditai team of Starlight Kid and Ruwaka with the Fisherman Buster in 11 minutes and 44 seconds with Sayori Anu getting the pinfall. Um, I don't think I'm out of line, Matt, when I say that Sayori Anu was the MVP of this match. I feel like she... She oozes charisma. She uses star power 
when she makes her way to the ring. She's not overshadowed by the likes of Tam, for example, who is, you know, very in your face with her star power. Damn right. You know, damn, she's very damn right. She's, <laughs> <laughs> calm yourself. Um but I feel like Siori Anu has a very calm, almost regal sort of aura around her. And then she gets into the ring. Not only is she really good in her offense, far more elastic than she should be. Um, she can bend herself and manipulate herself into very, very bizarre positions. Um, and she br- her bridge is absolutely beautiful. But her stuff with Starlight Kid here was absolutely fantastic. She also gives a lot as well. She sells really, really well, which obviously put over the likes of Ruwaka um, and Starlight Kid to a lesser extent in this match. But for me, it was all about Siori Anuma. Absolutely. Tam did a good job. Obviously, Tam is the, you know, to the top of the card. She's the world of stardom champion. She did enough work to get her stuff in, but to stay out of the way to get everybody else over. The stuff with Soria New and uh, Starlight Kid was amazing. Again, another a match that, like, literally the first 90 seconds of the match was just the two of them doing some really cool, like, high-speed style offense that made sense and clicked really well. And I was like, okay, that's a singles match that I really, really want to see. Uh, I thought Ruwaka was really well here. Again, Soria New sold really well for Ruwaka and gave her some really good spots. I thought Soria New and Tam had some really good tag spots. Again, kind of leading back onto Cosmic Angels whenever, you know, of a year and a half ago when Tam would tag with uh, Yunagi and Mina Shirakawa. But they always had really good chemistry together, uh, the Cosmic Angels, when it would come to tag stuff. And basically, uh, Sori Nu just fits in perfect here with uh, Tam's style offense and the Cosmic Angels kind of way of doing things in the ring. But yeah, this was great. Um, really enjoyed the finish with Ruaka and Sori Anu. Uh, enjoyed the uh, the bridging suplex pin for the finish. And I like how they're pushing Sori Anu right out of the gate. Because for somebody, you know, I don't know too much of uh, Joshi wrestling outside of stardom. Sori Anu was a name that I definitely heard quite a bit of over the last year or so before coming into stardom. And uh, now she's in this group with Tam and she's part uh, one-third of the Artists of Stardom champion. So... It's nice to see uh, what they're going to do with her. And obviously they do have some big plans with her. But again, partner, I I just, I really want to see a singles match with Soria New and Starlight Kid. And hopefully somewhere down the line, we get it. Uh, excellent match. Really enjoyed it. I had it at three and a half stars. Same with me. Three and a half stars. I think, um, you know, I've waxed lyrical about Soria New already. Starlight Kid's fantastic. Tam Nakano is fantastic, obviously. But, Ruwaka's improvement. You know, I've mentioned about Jesse's strides in the ring. Ruwaka seems to have. We worried. I mean, towards the tail end of last year, we worried that Ruwaka was sort of plateauing and uh, wasn't wasn't making strides the like of which, especially Rena and Hannon were making. Um, however, complete one eighty. Um, to me, since Tag League. Since she had that tag to- tag league partnering um, Natsukatora in BMI 2000, she then had that excellent match against 7-Up um, in the main event of Corican, where she was the most over person in the entire match. She seems to have really come into her own. And uh, fair play to her, because honestly, I did worry a little bit 
Um, I always enjoyed the fact that she wasn't the same sort of wrestler as Yurina, Yahina, your Hanan. You know, she offered something completely different, but I thought that she was struggling to find a way of making it her own, let's say, and bringing in new things. However, now I feel like she really is progressing really, really well. And uh, hopefully we'll see her with... uh, in a higher profile position in the coming years, you know, I think she would make a really, really good rock solid addition to that goddess of stardom um, sort of scene. Um, if you think we could get a Wingori versus Ruaka and Natsukatora match, that would that would be great. That would be really, really good. And if you think, you know, interchange Ruaka with maybe a Momo Watanabe, depending on you know how many years into the future we're talking. Um, that's a very solid future for the tag. They're two very solid future tag teams, sorry, in that division. So that's something certainly to look forward to. Um, Let's move on then to the next match we got wrong in our predictions, Um, which again is something you're going to hear a lot of. Match three, the tag team match. Uh, Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora defeated the God's Eye team of Konami and Suri with Momo getting the pinfall with the Tequila Sunrise in seven minutes and two seconds. I believe we both said that this was something of a lock, Matt, because they're definitely not going to pin Suri and they're definitely not going to pin Konami. Sure enough, shortest match on the card and... They did pin Konami. I do want to have a humble brag there, partner. I did pick the last match, right? I know you had Starlight Kid and Ruaka, but I had Tam and Sorya Nu. So a little... Oh, okay. Uh, then, yeah, fair. A little... So I got like two matches, right? And you had like one out of like the, the 10 matches on this card, regardless. Um, oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> at, least, hey, hey, we enjoy, at least we had a good time with this card. Yeah, this was... Um, a complete opposite from the last match. The last match was like a beautiful display of like exhibition of just like the beautiful offense of Tam and Sorry Anu and and Starlight Kid, you know, mixed in with some of the rugged stuff Ruwaka does, where this was just the four of them just beating the crap out of each other. Like early on, Sherry does the hanging arm bar to Natsuko Tora, uh, and, and uh, you know, Tora's arms all taped up or whatever, and I'm like, oh man, that's a really cool visual. And then you just see like Kunami and Sherry just kicking the crap out of the uh, both members of a Oedo tie. So what is, you know, if you're the heel team, what, how do you have to do to take the advantage? Use baseball bats. So they do that, and they start kicking the crap out of Konami and Shiri. And uh, yeah, like I said, it was bowling shoe ugly, but in the best way possible. I love this style of wrestling. I love the hard-hitting wrestling. All four of these ladies hit hard, and the match made sense. And it was really nice to see Momo Watanabe get a win here on pay-per-view, uh, which obviously leads into, um, you know, bigger things coming for the team of Momo and Tora, which we'll get into later on. But uh, again, this was a fun match. I didn't even realize it only went seven minutes, but it was seven minutes of nonstop violence in the best way possible. I had this one, too, at another three and a half stars. Again, another really good. You had these three tag matches that were kind of just thrown on the card just to kind of get some matches on. And every one of these matches really, really delivered. Completely agree with everything you've said. Um, The striking, the sort of hard-hitting nature of this match was brilliant and to have it all condensed into just over seven minutes really 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 helped it out Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora underrated tag team by the way um they had tag offense and all sorts they fit together seamlessly um and if that's you know the next sort of placeholder for Momo whilst we sort of 
assess what the company is actually going to do with her. I think tagging with Tora is a great shout because they complement each other very, very well. Even though we've pinned Konami here, you know, it took a kendo stick shot a baseball bat and a tequila sunrise to actually keep it down so i don't think she loses a great deal um the team of konami and siori have teamed together that much have known each other for that long that their stuff is always seamless their stuff is always really really good always really really sort of transitioned really well into the strikes are always crisp but I was really, really impressed with Tora and Momo especially. And uh, yeah, as you've already mentioned, Matt, that is going to be leading into something a little bit later on. Um, something else that's going to be leading into several things later on is this next tag team match. As Julia and Micah defeated the Aphrodite team of Yutami Hayashishta and Sayaka Matani, with um, Micah getting the pinfall over Yutami clean with the Michinoku Driver 2 in 16 minutes and 22 seconds. There's a couple of things I want to talk about just to start with, because this match is great, undeniably great. It's four of the best women in the company in ring, and you know they've got great chemistry, especially Micah and Utami. I could watch them wrestle over and over and over again. They've just got that chemistry that makes it so compelling to watch. Um, but Micah's character has changed completely. She seems to be far more badass, basically. Violent. Um, yeah, violent, just general, you know, shoving the referee away, shoving cameras away. She's got the red hair. She seems to have... Begin. She seems to be beginning to transition into a into a sort of tweener character, which I really like for her. Really like because it accents her power game really, really well. Because she is a brutish power wrestler, which you know this gimmick really suits. And then when she teams with Julia, who Julia is by her own admission a brawler, this team are really quite dangerous um obviously micah gets the pinfall utami does not lose clean very often at all now you could argue that obviously this is in fukuoka it's micah's home um hometown that's the reason micah was given the the pinfall win here i'm not so sure i think micah is being prepped i think we will inevitably get another Red Belt Mike match. When we get that, I don't know. What we talked about last week about how Rossi um, sort of wanted to uh, sort of swerve people, um, and it was in this week's Observer as well, that Rossi wanted to sort of subvert expectations because the last three Red Belt title reigns have been over a year. Um, he wanted to show that, you know, not all the tile reigns are going to be here. Not all of them are going to have these long reigns. And I think what that's done is it's just opened that door to the possibility of another surprise. So would it be out of the realms of possibility of Micah being built up over the next couple of months and then dethroning Tam? Absolutely not. Or Mina. Me, you, and 
or me and Ashira Kawa, absolutely. Me, you and um, Scott on the Patreon um, for our White Belt tier members. Uh, we did an episode on uh, a roundtable about whose reign was better, Ju- um, Utami or Suri. And I made the point that until Utami actually took the belt, I didn't think she was ready. And I readily hold my hands up to that. Micah could be the same. And you never know until you try. I personally think if Micah was to take the belt off Tam, I wouldn't hate that at all. Now, obviously, we've got on the other end of that, we've got Yutami Haishista, who is in something of a rut. And stardom seemed to be leaning into this sort of infighting in Queen's Quest at the moment. The post-match from this pay-per-view was um, very eye-opening with Utami and Sayakamatani having verbal um a verbal fight backstage, let's say, with Saya blaming Utami and Utami taking offense and throwing the ice pack at her and, you know, things like that. So there's obviously sort of discontent in Queen's Quest. So where does that leave Utami? I think we're gonna see a little bit more from Utami as we sort of heat her back up again for another potential red belt match. But that aside, I'm all in on Micah. I genuinely do believe that she will either be a finalist or will win the five star this year. So bookmark this episode because I guarantee Micah will be the first one eliminated <laughs> out of the blocks now. Sure, and, now that I've said that, sure, and 12. <laughs> absolutely. If all else fails, I'll go for a Zoomy again. She's never let me down before. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do thoroughly believe that Micah is in store for big, big things. And, you know, we've had fairly long reigns with the white belt as well. We've just come off the end of a 480-day reign from Sayakamatani. You know, before that, we had a 301-day reign from Tam, a 280-day reign from Julia. Why not have Mina Shirakawa have that shorter reign? I mean, I don't want to see that particularly because I think Mina's been great and she could do with a a nice long title reign, especially if she's going to put on the types of performances she put on against Natsupo in the main event. But I do like the fact that we have so many options for these belts. That aside, this match was great. Really, really fun. It was 16 minutes of four women beating the ever-loving hell out of each other. The way that um, Donna Del Mondo came to the ring and just assaulted Aphrodite. Julia just bludgeoned Sayakamatani, and it was brilliant. It was so good, and it was made so much better by Sayakamatani's selling of Julia's kicks. And then the majority of your focus was Micah and Yutami, and we know that those two do incredible things when they're together. And Matt, we had a tag team finish from Donna Del Mondo, the chokeslam German suplex. What was your opinion? Where does that rank in stardom finishes? Is it better than Utami and Lady C stealing the Holy Demon Army finish? Yeah, because it's more violent. Uh, it's more violent. But, in a, but you, <laughs> again, obviously, your main thing is, again, I, we always talk about how we like violent wrestling, but uh, to peel the, cur- the curtain back, done in a safe way. And you can see that this is done. Yeah, uh, this is done in a safe way. You know, we talk about like Hazuki's violence and Julia's violence, but obviously it's done in a in a safe way. But I'm a huge, huge uh, fan of. And they did it, I think, like a week or two prior in a multi-person match where they did the uh, the, the Mike and Julia kind of Holy Demon Army uh, version two finish. And I'm like, I'm all about it. 
And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they, you know, now Julia doesn't have uh, the red belt. Maybe they'll get a, a title shot somewhere down the line. Uh, maybe even win the goddess belts. I wouldn't uh, be upset at that at, at all. But yeah, my friend, a uh, lot to unpack. Again, yeah, this match was great. I gave it four and a quarter stars. Um, before I forget, just want to give my star rating out there. Um, yeah, you hit a lot of the points. There's some really good stuff with Mike and Sai Kamatani. Mike and Utami was the heart of this match. We got a little bit of a tease of that singles match we never got with Utami and Julia. It's a match I think a lot of people thought we were going to towards the end of Julia's reign. Um, again, both of them are very young, so that may be saved for another day. We shall see. Um, I like how Micah set up the Michinoko driver by punching Utami in the throat. Like, just full-on punched her in the throat to set up the Michinoko driver. <laughs> it seems like after uh, Dream Queendom, uh, um, All-Star Dream Queendom, that, like, DDM are not, like, they're tweeners. And obviously, Widow Tire are the big heels. Um, but Donald Delmundo is going to bend the rules, not touch and break them, where Widow Tire is going to break the rules at every possible way that they can to get, to get a win. I like that. I like how the uh, the faction separate themselves. Again, Micah punched. A, a closed fist is illegal. However, she didn't punch Utami in the face. She punched her in the throat. So you have that argument. It was like, yeah, I set up my finisher by doing an illegal move, kind of, but it was an illegal spot. So you kind of have that like old school argument. I'm like, ah, okay. I, I see what you did there. And again, Julia's being more aggressive. Yeah, this match was great. I see, um, yeah, they're doing something. We, we've been saying here, like, Micah's just missing that one thing that one thing on that stack stardom roster to get her to the next level, to get her that first singles belt. And maybe this is it. Maybe with the red hair, maybe the fact that there's no more Himika's not there. And it's like, I need to do something now to separate myself at the top of this uh, card. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's the more aggression. Maybe the fact that she's going to be working a little bit more as a tweener, which it's fine. Uh, like I said, more aggressive, more violent. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm all in. And, um, so, you know, we'll kind of see what we're going on there. It's really, really interesting. But then you, uh, you know, it's going to break my heart worse than uh, to talk about. And I'm going to have to talk about it. But this is going to break my heart more than how it's changing your theme music. That if they start to break up Queen's Quest, especially at the top of the card. Obviously, we did. They did it and uh, started them on Twitter. We are starting them on Twitter. Did a great job focusing on uh, that post-match promo that you talked about with uh, Saya basically saying, you know, we, you, we've been eating a lot of losses. And you tell me, like, is it, you're saying it's because of me, because I'm the leader. And Saya is, you know, very innocently. I don't think anybody can boo Saya Kamatani. <laughs> just, she's just so well-loved, just a great, pure baby face. But she's like, no, I'm not saying it's because of you. I'm just saying that we're losing a lot. And then you see Utami blow her stack and just throw the ice pack at uh, Sai Kamatani. And then even though these Golden Week shows are not up a few uh, days ago on the We Are Stardom Twitter, they basically just had a bunch of clips of during Golden Week where Sai and Utami were off. Where they're like, missed, you know, Sai would go, excuse me, Utami would go to throw a clothesline and whoever she's in the ring with would duck and she'd hit Saya. Saya would do a springboard splash and the opponent would duck and hit Utami. So clearly they're building to something there. Um, and as always, partner, in this little segment that we're having for this match, I have an idea where they're going for the five star. You said you think it's going to be Micah winning it. Um, you're reading my mind because I think what they're doing, they're building up as the finals of the five star is going to be Utami versus Saya. I think that's where they're going with this. Uh, regardless, if your prediction's right or if my prediction is right, we shall see. And I'm very interested to see where they go from here, especially with this new kind of tweener style stuff that they're doing with DDM. Especially the fact that May Sakurai is a full-blown heel with uh, her insulting promos. 
And then, you know, we, we don't know where Tekla stands, but regardless, Tekla's awesome. So if she's going to lean more towards the tween or more towards the heel, you know, I'm all for it. So it's really interesting to see what they're doing with Donald Del Mundo, especially the fact that they are kind of hinting that they're going to bring another member in, which a lot of us are starting to think is going to be Suzu Suzuki, who kind of wrestles as a tweener regardless as well, with a lot of the outside brawling and then the chair shots and the whatnot. And then she just, you can't boo her because she's so good in the ring. So I think this newer version, more aggressive version of Donald Del Mundo is the perfect place for Suzu Suzuki to land. And I know we said it about a month ago, and maybe sometime towards the end of the summer, the new faction for Saeeda to defect to. I mean, it is worth mentioning that Donna Del Mondo have always sort of been tweeners in the way that they wrestle, but this is they are doubling down on the attitudes, especially outside the ring, and it's especially obvious in Micah. Um, it is <laughs> this. That being said, they did come down in uh, Fukuoka Soft Hawks baseball jerseys, so uh, you know, trying to pander to the crowd. So you know, damn those baby faces. <laughs> they did then attack Aphrodite before the bell, but uh, I do like your thinking though about Utami and Sire in the five star. You know, and I think Utami is more angry at herself um, than she is with Sire. Because especially the promo after this, where she says, "Oh, you blaming me? Then it's because of me because I'm the leader," and it's almost like, well, that's what she's thinking about herself, and she's worrying if that's what everyone else is thinking of her too. And the fact that it's impacting Aphrodite matches and things like that, I think, is a really cool little storyline that they're going over. Um, and then if they are to go through this redemption arc where Utami does win the five star, um, you know and then go on to Dream Queendom at the end of the year. And, you know, if it is Tam in the main event, then Tam versus Utami is a match we haven't seen very often, and I would be more than happy with. If it's Tam versus Sayaka Kamatani, with Sayaka Kamatani piling even more doubt onto Utami in the five-star Grand Prix final. You know, Tam and Saya have got history all the way back, you know, to when Saya first started, all the way through 2021 and the feud for the white belt, you can play on that as well. So there's loads of avenues that they can go through. I think Micah versus Tam would be a fantastic match. And this is assuming, of course, that Tam is still the red belt champion come December. Um, but there's lots of avenues you can go, and it's a very exciting time because there is so many women on this roster that you can give the tap to, and you can heat them up, and they become so... They become main event talent. I mean, Micah, give her the tap on the shoulder, and suddenly she's just carrying herself differently. She's carrying herself with an aura. You know, the moment they want to, they can heat Julia back up. They can heat Utami back up. Sayaka Matani, bring her up. And then we've got Starlight Kid and Azumi, who, you know, haven't quite reached that upper echelon yet, but are on the cusp. You've got Mayu, who's nowhere near the main event picture yet um, in stardom itself because of the IWGP belt. Then you've got Hazuki. You know, there's so many members of this roster that you can depend on. Suri, we haven't even mentioned Suri. Suri Suzuki. I mean, it's it's insane. Exactly. This roster is insane. You know, this time last year, partner, we, we all saw, you know, kind of the way stardom builds up a talent. But break them down and then build them back up. We saw, okay, Sherry's going to lose at uh, World Climax to uh, Shuri. Uh, excuse me, Julia's going to lose to Shuri, which happened. But then you saw as we're getting towards the end of the end of uh excuse me spring going into summer that i think a lot of people had uh, julia pegged for the five star it was no it really wasn't much of a surprise that she won and it still made for one of the best tournaments in the history of pro wrestling that five star from last year 
uh, obviously we're a few months out, but partner, you just mentioned a whole bunch of people. You think Micah is going to win the five star? I think it could be Utami or Sayakamatani. I did mention when we uh, we did our review with Karen Peterson that I think it's going to be Julia. They're just going to build her back up so she gets her big long run. I think you mentioned that Hazuki had a really good shot, and I think Karen mentioned Starlight Kid. I'm like, these are all really, really good options that I'm not going to complain about because the roster is so darn stacked. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just tell me when, tell me what time I need to be in front of my TV and I'll be there. That's all I want. Absolutely. And of all those names mentioned, if they were to win the five star or and then go on to main event Dream Queendom, not one person would be sad with that, whether it be Suzu Suzuki, whether it be Starlight Kid, whether it be Suri, whether it be um Utami Saikamatani. It just it does speak volumes about the uh the depth of this roster. I gave this four and a quarter as well, by the way. I realize that I spoke a lot without <laughs> actually giving my rating. Um four and a quarter stars anyway. Um, we then move on to the High Speed Championship, where Azumi surprised pretty much everyone, I think, by retaining her High Speed Championship, uh, by defeating Maysera, pinning her, or submitting her, should I say, with the Numero Uno in 10 minutes and 46 seconds, um, achieving v11 and moving on to 439 days as champion which still has her far and away fourth longest reigning she's still away off mary apache at 498 days in third place but i this surprised me for a number of reasons one and this was all outlined when we did our preview last week who has Azumi got left to beat? Like, what has she got left to prove in this division? Um, I mean, her next match, which we'll talk about when we preview or sort of go over the card, should I say, for Flashing Champions, she's now taking on people she's already beaten. And I just feel like May Sarah, she's just come in, you know, she's got that history with Azumi. It would have made the perfect sense for Azumi to drop the belt here. Azumi's already got the most title defenses in a single reign with a belt, which is what they were building up. Um, so I don't really understand why Azumi won here. Um, if you want to heat Maysera up, absolutely fine. Give her a few more wins and then build her back up towards the title. Um, I feel like we're sort of delaying the inevitable there, but either way, and whoever Azumi is going to drop the belt to, that aside, I thought this match was great. These two have got, again, really, really, really good chemistry. They had a match in Azumi's first reign, and I can never remember where this show was. Um, it was... In 2020. Osaka Dream Cinderella. Yeah. yeah, it was Osaka Dream Cinderella, and it was a really, really, really good match. I love it. I got and... that. I love it, folks. How Rob goes, I can never remember when, and then two seconds later, he remembered. That's the genius of Rob Goodwin, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I knew it was. I knew it was either Yokohama or Osaka, and uh, I knew it couldn't be Yokohama because that was Azumi versus Starlight Kid. Um, but in that match, I I remember watching it recently, and it wasn't for a book, so I don't know why I was watching it, but I was. Um, and comparing this to that, Maysayer has improved massively, and she was good in that Osaka match. So I've got high hopes for her. She is still, in my opinion, the future of the high-speed division when Azumi inevitably moves on um, to bigger and better things. I mean... 
were saying all of this, like, oh, you know, why May Sarah? She's only just come in. You know, why do she's twenty one? You know, it's not like she doesn't have time. Um, I just feel like the timing was a little bit strange. I think everyone thought that Azumi was going to drop the belt here, but even so, fantastic chemistry, great stuff from Azumi targeting that arm again, locking in a really brutal version of the Numero Uno to get the submission victory, targeting that arm with that double foot stomp from the top rope, which never, ever, ever looks nice to take, ever. I don't, I don't really know how you take that move without it hurting. Like, there's just no way. Even someone who weighs as little as Azumi, if she's jumping from a distance onto your bare flesh, that's going to hurt. Um, but yeah, even so, a really good high-speed match, a good advert for the high-speed division, great chemistry between the two. I gave it four stars, Matt. This match was fantastic. I bit on so many of the near falls just because I thought there was going to be a title belt changing here. And they did a great job playing off the finish of the uh, match from the Yokohama Arena at All-Star Grand Dream Queendom with sprinkles and cherries on top. Um, so I bit, I thought they were going to go there. And then there was the double Zumi Sushi that got counted. I'm like, this is where the finish is going to happen. Then uh, Zumi would go to the arm and then Maysara countered that and stacked Azumi with the pinfall. I'm like, oh, that's where the finish is going to be. She's just going to reverse, you know, she reversed Azumi's big Azumi Sushi. Now she's reversing the numero uno. Uh, she got out of that. Azumi hits the double Azumi Sushi. She kicks out of that. Keeps control of the arm. The blitzing pace in the beginning was great. The psychology and the storytelling was great. The last two or three minutes, I was on the edge of my seat watching this match and completely blown away. I will always rate the high-speed matches, especially these really high-end ones from Azumi, Starlight, Kanatsupo, et cetera, et cetera. Higher than most, just because I know how damn hard it is for you after you've been wrestling this style of match for you to have that blistering last two or three minutes and just do it well and not get blown up. Or if you're getting blown up, you're you're pushing through the air in your lungs. You know, it's one thing to get your bell rung, get dropped on your head and kind of just fight through the pain and go through it. It's another thing when you don't have air in your lungs and you still need to do this pace for another 20, 30, 40 seconds. That's like hell on earth. And I have all the respect in the world for this style of wrestling, especially when it's done this well. Uh, I had this at four and a half stars. Again, I will always rate these matches a lot higher than every than a lot of other people just because I appreciate the blistering pace that they do this with and the story they're able to tell. Um, yes, as far as where they're going, obviously, when we preview the next paper, I kind of have an idea what they want to do. Again, whether it's right or wrong, I'll probably be wrong because at least one thing is on this, this show, Rob, we're consistent, consistently wrong. So, uh that being said, though, Absolutely. that being said, though, I mean, we've been saying it for a year, year and a half. Azumi is just she's on the cusp of whatever belt she wants to go for. And Azumi, maybe maybe if she does drop this belt and they heat her up in the spring and summer, she might be another one pegged to win the five star as well. Uh, considering the fact that you pick her for every tournament. Why not this year? Why not this one? You know what I mean? <laughs> it'll be the one I don't pick her and it'll be the one she wins. I'll be fuming. Um <laughs> But it is worth noting that that closing stretch for this match with the dueling roll-ups, and you can argue, especially in the high-speed division, that um, a lot of the sort of um, roll-up reversal spots, you know, it's it's overdone maybe in the high-speed division. Here, I felt like it was so seamlessly and rapidly done it was so exciting and you're absolutely right Matt because we were convinced that a title change was going to happen 
it made those near falls so much more organic rather than, you know, we need four or five near falls in a match and reversals because it's a high speed match. It felt really organic. And I think I pays testament to the match that these two crafted. Um, a really, really, really good match. Um, highly recommend you checking this one out. Our semi-main then was the Goddess of Stardom Championships match with the New Eras defeating Fukuoka Double Crazy, Kogama and Hazuki to retain their Goddess of Stardom champions uh, with their first defense with Mirai pinning Kogama with the jumping lariat in 17 minutes and 36 seconds. Um... Everything I disliked about the tag title match at Yokohama, um, the complete opposite happened here. Like, people sold for each other. Everyone came out of this match looking great. Um, it was hard-hitting. And it's nice when everyone plays ball, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, this is exactly uh, what the new eras needed to get this championship run off to a really good start. Almost, again, I don't like being negative, and we've been negative enough on the match from Yokohama, but basically washing the bad taste out of the mouth from them finally winning the belts. This is, in my opinion, easily the new era's best tag match they've ever had. And they, uh, they've had some really, really good ones. Obviously, with Meltier, with, uh, there's some great matches in the uh, Goddess of Stardom tournament. But to me, this was my favorite tag match I've seen them with. And you just forget... And it's just because Hazuki, what I mean by that, you forget how good Hazuki is as a tag wrestler with uh, with Koguma, especially coming off the, her phenomenal MVP performance from the five star. That's like when they put her and Koguma back together, they're like, oh, yeah, she, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. They're so good together because we just don't see them that much uh, together just because Koguma's doing her stick, you know, the comedic stuff, which fits it fits well when she does it in the stardom roster, but obviously Hazuki is poised for bigger and better things. Uh, quick prediction is I think at the end of the year uh, at dream queendom, she's going to win the finally win the white belt, but uh, that's obviously another story for another day, but the two of them together, uh, Hazuki and Kagum have such great chemistry. All four of these ladies had great chemistry together. And uh, I knew I was going to enjoy the violence with Mirai and Hazuki, but I really enjoyed the stuff that we got with Amisori uh, and Hazuki. And Amisori's really been coming into her own. She obviously changed her look. She's a, a double belt champion, semi-finalist for the Cinderella tournament. So obviously they have high hopes for Amisori, and she really, really showed out here. And I really liked the one falsy they had towards the end where um, – Again, again, FWC did a great job making the new errors look like gold here. But what I thought was going to be the finish is when Amisori hit Hazuki with like a thunderbolt, and at the same time, Mirai hit Kagama with the uh, Mirror Mirai shot. I'm like, oh, that's a great finish. Then Kagama kicks out, like showing that fighting spirit. And again, you're I'm a big fan of these big championship matches when you're chaining big moves back to back to finish somebody off. So it shows the fighting spirit of Kagama, but Mirai just being super aggressive, hits that big jumping lariat that she's been using as a finish uh, quite a bit to finally put the bear down. Um, I guess I did kind of mean that in a funny way to put the bear down, Rob, it took a lariat. So <laughs> folks, if this match doesn't teach you anything, if you see a bear in your yard, don't run, don't call animal support, just go and throw a lariat at it. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Matt told me one of our listeners will be in the hospital in six months. Matt said to go through a Larry to have a bear. But uh, yeah, excellent match. Uh, you know, one of the better uh, Goddess of Stardom tag matches I've seen in the last two years. And there's been some really, really good ones. Uh, four and a half stars. Absolutely love this. 
I think something that's really important is there was a lot of a focus on Kagama in this match, and I've been a bit down on Kagama simply because we just get the comedy shtick now, which is fine because she is a legitimately funny person. Um, but here, there was not a semblance. There was not any reference to the whole Guma thing. There wasn't a bear dance in sight. She was down to fight in this match. And there was so many little callbacks to Mirai's uh, Cinderella champ, Cinderella tournament win from 2021 when she defeated Kogama in the final, um, including that Mirror Mare show. 2022. 2022. Psycho Matani won 2021. In my head, I knew that Mirai had won two, but I couldn't take away two from three. Um, so, That's why we're a team, folks. Um, That's what we do, my friends, right here. Best team in all there you podcasting. Go. <laughs> Quick maths. I was I was never a maths teacher. It's fine. Um, but obviously, the Mirror Mare shock that put away Kagamura in the Cinderella tournament in 2022 um, couldn't put her away here. And you mentioned, you know, that fighting spirit. And even though Mar- um, Kagamura was the smallest wrestler in this match, she was still throwing hands. She was not afraid to get involved in the shoving, the brutal strikes, you know, properly throwing herself into strikes, especially with Mirai, who, you know, when they started shoving each other, Kogama was properly giving it back. And it got the crowd behind them even more, obviously, because, you know, Fukuoka double crazy are from Fukuoka. Um, but overall, yeah, really, really enjoyed this match. I think it was good for the new eras to have a definitive um, start to their reign, especially after the bit of the, you know, debacle that was their championship win, which sort of overshadowed it a little bit. Um, but I think Hazuki and Kogama were fantastic as they always are when they get called on to tag together. Um, and especially when they are no nonsense, Fukuoka double crazy, despite their name. Um, I thought they were great. I thought the match worked really well. It didn't go too long. I thought all four women managed to play their part really, really well. I give it four and a quarter stars. Really, really, really enjoyable. Um, and then we had our next challengers come out with the Ueretai team of Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora making themselves known as the next challengers for the new era's Goddess of Stardom Championships. They accept, and uh, that has been put forward for the Tokyo, the Tokyo, yeah, the Tokyo Otterward City Gym Show, the Flashing Champions Show in at the end of May. So we'll go through that card in a moment, but not before we talk about this main event. The Wonder of Stardom Championship match. The champion Mina Shirakawa defeating the challenger Natsupoi with the figure four driver Mina in 20 minutes and 27 seconds, with Mina achieving V1. Um I, I said a little bit before we came on air, Matt, just how good Natsupoy is and how underrated Natsupoy is. And I don't mean the fact that people think she's rubbish. No one watching wrestling thinks that Natsupoy is a bad wrestler. I just think that sometimes she doesn't get the praise she deserves because she's so damn good. And in this match, it was a 50-50 split. Like Mina and Natsupoy both bore their A game here, and we are going to give flowers and more to Mina Shirakawa for this performance, and rightly so. But we need to highlight Natsupoi because the emotion that she gave off during this match, 
the genuine believability of some of those near falls. I still don't understand how it's physically possible to do the fairy blink, but she still does. Um, just the screams as she is locked in this figure four, you know, just that callback to their five-star match where Mina's literally ripping tendons in Natsupoi's leg and you can feel it, you can feel the realism. Um, but she manages to fight out, fight to the ropes. We get Natsupoi taking Mina Shirakawa to Suplex City. Natsupoi literally launching Mina Shirakawa over her head with these German suplexes. And that's another thing. Natsupoi, ridiculously underrated German suplex. But overall, it's not quite enough. She comes out in the Kairi gear. And we get reminded of that story of Natsupoi wanting to win the white belt to honor Kairi. And it's like, oh, she's so almost there. She's so almost there. And she's had three matches for this white belt. One against Saya Kamatani at Cinderella Journey in Nagaoka. Once against Tam in Yokohama in 2021. And against Mina here. And all three of those matches have been outstanding. There's one common denominator in those matches, and that's Natsupoi. And Natsupoi deserves the flowers because in this match, she was phenomenal. However... Mina Shirakawa. I cannot believe this is the same woman who arrived in stardom at the end of 2020. Like, legitimately, it's like looking at a different person. From her entrance, where she's dancing against that backlit um, stage, everything's black except for her, and she's dancing, she looks like a star. She enters the ring and suddenly she's she's got a game plan. She's focusing on legs. She's hitting ridiculous moves. She's taking bloody German suplexes on the apron two minutes into a match. She's doing top rope le um, dragon screw leg whip. She's creating hurricane, hurri uh, what, what did the commentary team call it? The hurricane tornado dragon screw leg whip or something where she got her in um, Natsupoi in a fireman's carry into a dragon screw. I cannot believe, you know, I can't believe that this is the same Mina who I couldn't see being anything more than sort of cannon fodder lower down the card. She feels like an absolute megastar with that belt. And I was worried that they cooled her down too much after the injury against Sayakamatani. And this match, any lingering doubt I had, and don't get me wrong, this match was announced and I knew it'd be good. Any lingering doubt that Mina Shirakawa wouldn't be able to perform with the championship, blown out of the water, because here she cemented herself as upper main event talent in stardom. And Natsupoi, again, deserves all the flowers, but Mina Shirakawa is the person we're going to be talking about coming out of this match, and rightly so, because Jesus Christ, she knocked it out of the park here. From a selling, she made Natsupoi look great, and then with the strikes. You know, those strikes coming across really brutal, really, really brutal. Overall, what a match. One of my favorite singles matches of the year so far. Four and three quarter stars. A damn special match. Of all the matches on this card, and, you know, if you're a bit pressed for time, just the final four matches. But if you can only watch one match, this match, blow away absolutely blow away and both women deserve incredible amounts of um just praise 
because it's it's it rattles along. Considering this match goes 20 minutes, it feels like it goes maybe 10. And it feels like of this 20, 15 of it are the closing sequence. It's breathless. It's frantic. And it is so fun to watch. I don't envy the person that Mina has to fight after this because they've got a hell of a match to follow. Well, it's announced. Um, but, it's announced. Well, yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, which is something we're definitely going to be talking about. But I feel like I've waxed lyrical about this match and both women involved um, a little bit too much. So I'll let you go now, Matt. Um, as you are waxing politically about how fantastic Nasapoy is, which I agree wholeheartedly, I just had another thought came into my head. What if Natsupoy wins the five star and they do Natsupoy and Tam uh, at the end of the year? That's a possibility. Anywho, another story for another day. Absolutely right, my friend. This match was absolutely fantastic. I'm saying absolutely a lot. Uh, it, it was terrific. We knew it was going to be good. I didn't think it would be this level of good where it's like, you know, everyone's tagging a match of the year candidate. And Mina Shirakawa or Mina, she has, has to be the one to follow the one. It was a follow Sayakamatani. Many people will agree with me when I say she's the greatest wonder of stardom champion of all time. And what a way to start. And I think they did a great job by uh, giving her just a fantastic an opponent in Natsupoy. And I've been saying, I said about a year ago on this podcast, I said, watch for Mina Shirakawa in the next few months. You know, we see her doing the MMA training, the striking training. We see her spending more time in the gym and the stardom dojo. And just goes to show you, regardless of where you come into anything, at, not just wrestling, where you come into anything at your life, whether you want to play piano or the guitar or learn to garden or chop trees or anything that you do, if you set your mind to it and you put your heart into it and you work your ass off, and you don't take the word no for an answer, you can accomplish anything. You know, you talked partner just a couple minutes ago. You can't believe this is the same person. I can, I understand that. But at the same time, if you're working at a goal. And make this a lesson for everybody listening. If you have a goal and this is really what you want to do, you're going to work, you know, day in, day out. And you're not going to punch a clock and you're building something. You're building your brand. This is what is achievable for just anybody in life. And use Mina Shirakawa. Use this run that she's been on the last year as something to go to show. Like, wow, look where she came. You know, she's building herself up this time last year. She went into the five-star and came out as such a huge star. Had that great match with Sayakamatani that unfortunately she got injured and cut, you know, made the best out of a bad situation by cutting a great promo in the ring and then out of the ring. Comes back, new look. Uh, completely reinvents herself or not reinvents herself basically upgrades herself gives herself her own faction cutting great promos adding on to the character work and then adding on just fantastic psychology as well building a story she did it with the match with Kamatani. obviously here Natsupoy was great for several different reasons and a lot of it was Mina's offense attacks your leg when you're Natsupoy and a lot of your offense is based on you know your high speed and your uh, your ability to do your high flying maneuvers so the psychology is easy easy story there but there was a lot of Natsupoy baiting Mina in early in the match Mina goes for the figure four and Natsupoy rolls her up she goes for that electric chair dragon screw. And then on the way down, Natsupoy hits the ferial blink that you talked about. Like, how is that humanly possible? That's something that should be out of like a video game or like a, a Marvel movie. But and that was a great falsy as well. And then just the strike, even like right as soon as the match started, the slaps and the kicks. And I think I told you after the match was over, I said, I think I said the words Jesus Christ more in this match 
than I did when I was at church the day before. And that's what we're supposed to be praying to Jesus Christ. I was like, Jesus Christ, back and forth. And, uh, and uh, for obvious reasons, because of just the strikes were so stiff and they, they fed for each other and they both made each other look great. Again, this is just the classic example of why I love stardom and really high-end wrestling in general is you have, you have four different things to get, five things to get over in this match. You have to get over Mina, you have to get over Natsupoi, you have to get over the white belt, you have to get over the match, and you have to get over the promotion. And if somebody has never watched Stardom before and you showed them this match, I think they would agree that all five of those things got over. Mina obviously got over, Natsupoi got over. They did a great job helping each other get to that next level. They both were so giving in the match, just helping each other out, get to that next level. And uh, they did the perfect job. And obviously they get the belt over, which then gets the match over, which then gets the promotion over. Yeah, I'm full agreement with you. Four and three fourth stars. Uh, yeah, if you're going to watch one match of the show, and I, I might go back and watch this match uh, maybe sometime this weekend before the uh, other 19 shows get uploaded to Stardom World. But uh, <laughs> be that as it may, yeah, fantastic match. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. It's certainly one of it's certainly one of Stardom's match of the year, and in a year where Stardom have already had a lot of great matches, in a in a you know the span of a couple of weeks where Stardom have already had so many great matches, this one still stands up. So uh, high praise, but go and check it out. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, uh, let's move on then to a couple of previews then. So. Before we look ahead to New Blood 8, the next pay-per-view outing, as I've already mentioned, is going to be Stardom Flashing Champions 2023 from Saturday the 27th of May, and it's going to be an Oat Award City Gymnasium in Tokyo. Now, there's been mixed reaction to this card, so let me read out the full card to you, and we'll sort of discuss it, Matt, and then uh, we'll we'll move on because we'll obviously have a full preview coming up in the oncoming weeks. Uh, tag match: Suri and Aya Sakura versus Ram Kichau and Micah Ozaki of Rebel and Enemy. Uh, another tag match: Saida and Moma Kogo versus Lady C and Miu Amasaki. Six-woman tag match, Yutami Hayashista, Sayaka Matani and Hina taking on Starlight Kid, Ruwaka and Rina. Eight-woman tag match, Mayu Iwatani, Han and Kagama and Hazuki taking on Mariah May, Jesse Zina and Waka Sukiyama. Six-woman tag team match, Micah, Suzu Suzuki and Mei Seira, what a team that is, <laughs> versus Nene Takahashi, Yuna Mizumori and Hanako. We've then got four championship matches at the top of the card. Artist of Stardom Championships match. Restart, Natsupoi Kairi and Siori Onu versus Julia Tekla and Mei Sakurai. The high-speed championship three-way. We didn't mention, of course, that uh, Saki Kashima came out once again to challenge Azumi for the uh, high-speed belt after her match um, at Fukuoka Goddess Legend. We should have mentioned that. But that match has been made official, and it's now a three-way. Azumi the champion taking on Saki Kashima and Fuki can death um, in our semi-main Goddess of Stardom Championship match. The New Eras taking on Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora. And then in our main event... World and Wonder of Stardom double championship match, Tam Nakano versus Mina Shirakawa. Now, there has been mixed reception to this. Now, some of it is because why would you give this as Tam's first defense? 
Um, some of it is to do with the perceived weakness of the card when you compare it to last year's Flashing Champions. And just to remind you, that was made evented by Suri versus Risa Sarah. It also had Sayakamatani versus Mirai um, in that fantastic white belt match. Um, it also had Awedatai versus My Himipoi for the um, Artist of Stardom Championships. Had Tam and Kairi versus Utami and Mio Amasaki. A very, very, very strong card. So my question to you, man, my qu I've got two questions about this card. The first, are you slightly disappointed with the card? Do you think it lacks a certain, for lack of a better phrase, oomph? And that, how do you think it compares to the 2002 Flashing uh, 2002, 2022. Rob is no today, buddy. He needs a nap. <laughs> it's maths. It's maths, man. I I can't do maths. Come on. <laughs> um, no, I'm not at all disappointed in it. I I completely understand people where they're coming from. Where you kind of have a couple throwaway matches. Where I think there was what six or seven championship matches uh, from that show last year. And really, that show last year was one of the up sleeper shows of the year. I think just because how good stardom and just wrestling was as a whole last year, people don't realize how fantastic that show was. And you just mentioned some of the matches and uh, yeah, if you have not, if you're new to stardom, uh, first of all, welcome. And second of all, go watch that show from last May. It is uh, one of the best wrestling shows that I've seen in a, in a very long time uh, from start to finish. So I see people's point of view. However, uh, the main event match is the, uh, th that's the match that's going to sell. Um, there's other matches on the card that I'll get to in a, in a moment, but you have Mina who really, really has the hot hand, you know, coming off that injury, reinventing herself with club. We, we, we talked about it, having that great match, with not And then she goes and challenges Tam and they still kind of have that unsettled thing with Mina leaving, you know, starting club Venus, who was a sub faction of cosmic angels. We obviously knew where that was going to happen and then breaking off and doing her own thing. The two of them having uh shows, you know, show stealing performances at yokohama dream all-star cinderella with cherries and fudge on top uh, just a few weeks ago so i think it makes sense you know right now this is kind of the hot thing strike while the iron's hot i think everybody and it's a double it's a title versus title match i think it's the first one they did since 2018 with kagetsu and momo watanabe i think was the last one they did would i be correct on that one partner um siori versus ju oh no that was white and swa Red Belt and SWA with Suri and Utami. White and Red Belt, yeah, you might be right. Look at that. Hey, one in a row. I'm on a roll here, folks. Uh, so I, I understand why they're doing They haven't done it in five years. Start, there's more eyes on stardom than now, than are now than ever. You know, Mina's got the hot hand. Tam's got the hot hand. They have this feud that they're kind of going into. Do it now. Strike while the iron's hot. I fully expect. I don't want I do not want to see a title change or a double champion, especially the fact that they both just won their respective champions at the same show. Um, I fully expect this to be an absolute banger. I expect it to go to either a double knockout or a 30-minute time limit draw. Um, I obviously would not be disappointed with that result. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic match. And I think that, okay, they have their draw. That's it. It's done and over. Mina does her thing with Club Venus over here with the white belt. Tam does her thing with Cosmic Angels over here. And you can kind of keep them separated and then maybe bring them back from time to time. You either a six-person or a tag or maybe somewhere, you know, in the five-star. But uh, I think that's smart booking. That's where a lot of the ticket sales and pay-per-view buys are going to go. 
obviously I think the uh, another match that I'm really really intrigued with is the artist match. You know, you have Tekla, uh, May Sakurai, ever improving, and obviously Julia's top of the card. You know, in there with Restart, Kyrie, uh, Natsupoi, and obviously Soria New. And we're finally going to get some uh, Kyrie versus Julia violence. And that's what I'm really, really intrigued with. Probably the match I'm looking forward to second most. Um, and then you have the, you know, the tag title match. Again, we'll, we'll go into more of a preview. But obviously the tag title match is going to be a, a hard-hitting match. And I think this uh, this is where Azumi finally drops the high-speed championship. I think because she's so positioned as the main eventer that she has, for a be- lack of a better term, a mid-card belt, even though she's made it into a main event belt because she's just so damn good. I think Saki Kashima is going to roll up Fukin Death and she'll get the win there and then she'll have a short reign where eventually they'll transition to May Sarah. That's my early predictions. But uh, I'm sorry, that was a long way to answer your question. No, I am not at all disappointed in this card and I'm really looking forward to it. I think you're right about Azumi. I think that's probably why they've done that because they don't want Azumi to lose the belt by being pinned. Makes sense for Fuking Death to eat it. But it is a multi-person match, Matt. And what can you never do with a multi-man match and Fuking mm-hmm. Death? That's right. Put the money on her. But that, it's for the title match, though. So that that throws a little wrench into the uh, starting booking game plan. <laughs> it does. It does. Do you think? Do you think it hurts the pay-per-view because... There is a certain inevitability about the main event. Tam and Mina, there's, I can't see them doing a double championship match and having a winner. I just, I can't. Though, you know, if you're going to go with the story, how good would it be that Mina not only has broken away from Tam, but surpasses Tam and wins the red belt? I don't think for a moment that'll happen, but it's certainly a cool little story and definitely a cool way for Mina to uh, to surpass her old mentor. Do you think it hurts the inevitability, the predictability that this match is going to end in some manner of either screwy finish or a draw or a double knockout? I can see certain people saying that, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it's, it's a spectacle for a lot of different reasons. Like I just mentioned, it's title for title, champion versus champion on the main event of a pay-per-view, and you kind of have this hot breakup of the cosmic angels involved in between. So I see why they're pulling the trigger on it now again, strike while the iron's hot. So I see a lot of people um, would uh, say, well, it's predictable. I know the finish me. Not really. No, give me Tam versus me in a 30 minutes or tease a double, uh, a double knock on or something like that. I'm just excited to, to watch it unfold and see how it plays out. Rather than the result, I'm looking forward. And this is going to sound really sadistic. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do to each other because there is a lot of repressed emotion, especially from Mina, about how the way the way how Tam treated her in the latter days of her tenure in Cosmic Angels. Um, maybe Tam's even the heel. Maybe Tam's even the worst heel to ever heal, Matt. Um, how dare you, but- sir? We had a really good <laughs> podcast. We teased this big thing we just did. And how do you end it? You go right to my heart. You're going to come over my house and kick my cat too? Like, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I just feel like Tam Nakano is the biggest heel in stardom. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, next <laughs> thing you know, you're going to tell me you like Julia's new theme. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm angry. I'm not a maniac. Um, <laughs> um, <you> know. <laughs> but I do think they can build on 
the emotional history they have. Obviously, that's what they started doing at Tokyo Super Wars with the white belt match that they had, which was almost great. It was almost great, but obviously we had that injury and that sort of derailed the match. But we can work around that. I think this tag match, the New Eras versus Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora, is going to be a sleeper hit on this show. I really do. The artist of stardom match is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. I think it might not reach the level of the show we've just seen, the Fukuoka Goddess Legend. I still think it's going to be an entertaining show. I still think there's going to be fairly good matches on this show. I don't think there's going to be anything that's skippable. I think you're going to have some really, really entertaining matches. Um, Let's have a look at New Blood 8 then, because it is New Blood 8 on Fridays we record, and there are some interesting matchups on this card in what a lot of people have said, and I must agree that it's probably one of, if not the most loaded New Blood show that they've done so far, even more so than New Blood Premium, um, which of course was built almost solely around uh, both the New Blood Tag Championships and Wacker's first win. But the card is as follows. Uh, Tam Nakano versus Tam Nakano, which I think will probably end up with a Tam Nakano win. Um, Wakasukiyama versus Aya Sakura. Hanan and Hina taking on the Anaba sisters. Uh, Mei Sakura and Chan Yota versus Suzu Suzuki and Mei Seira. A passion injection match, Nene Takahashi versus Ruaka. Um, singles match, Miwa Masaki versus Momo Watanabe. And then our two championship matches, Amisori the champion versus Rina. And then the New Blood Tag Team Championships are on the line for the first time with Starlight Kid and Karma defending against Lady C and Hanako. Sorry, Starlight Kid and Karma <laughs> um, defending for the first time against Lady C and Hanako. Um, we're not going to go through every single match and sort of give our predictions simply because I think we've proved that we're useless at it. Um, but I do want to highlight a couple of matches. Um, again, one match that I am really, really looking forward to and I think could be a really fun watch is Nanai Takahashi versus Ruaka. I think that's going to be a really, really, really cool match just because it's going to be like watching two fridges hit each other. And that is a pun because Nanai has got a finisher called the Refrigerator Bomb and Ruaka's is called the Freezer Bomb. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, you can keep that, guys. Um I think that's going to be really good. I think it's going to be very hard hitting. I do think Nanai will probably win. We're not going to have Nanai taking too many losses. We've sort of seen that she doesn't like doing that. Um, so I think it is going to elevate Ruwaka because in fairness to Atakaha, she's done a good job of elevating the likes of Waka Sukiyama um, and Miyu Amasaki with her passion injection matches. So if she can do the same with Ruwaka as well after, as we mentioned before, the real improvement in Ruwaka, I'm looking forward to that. My early prediction, Matt, and I say early prediction, is happening in two days. I think Rena takes the the future of Stardom belt from Amisori. Um, I think she eventually does. I think she loses here and they build her back up, but I can see that happening. Um, again, I'm you know I'm not gonna go through the whole entire card. I missed Mocha Enaba so much, and uh, I'm really glad she's back here with her sister. And they're taking on another pair of sisters. And I know her sister just made her debut not that long ago. I've heard nothing but really good things about her. So I'm excited for that. I think a match that can kind of steal the show 
is Miyu Amasaki versus Momo Watanabe. You know, we're getting Momo in a singles match, and Miyu has done a great job improving. And the New Blood shows are, it's, you know, it's not a Cork and Hall show where they're going to give her like five or six minutes. I think she's going to get a decent amount of time. So that's a match I'm looking forward to. And obviously, uh, we saw little teases of it at the Rumble, but you're going to get some stuff with Suzu Suzuki and May Sakurai as well. So, yeah, this whole entire show, I'm looking at all the eight of these matches. It's going to be uh, really, really excellent. But the two matches that I'm kind of pointing out is Momo versus Miyu and the Sisters versus the Sisters. But I see your point, buddy, on uh, on Rina versus um, Ami Sori. Uh, but I just think that they're just building up Ami Sori a little bit too much to eat a fall here. But at the same time, it would put a lot of shine on uh, on Rina. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so it's, it's going to be I, – so I disagree with you. So we're, one of us is going to be right on that match, folks. So batten down the hatches. Not lots is going to go to oh. – hold on. Not lots is going to go to TLD. Holy jeez. <laughs> Let's face it, man. It's going to be you. <laughs> You're going to be right. We know that. Um, the only thing I'm thinking with Amisori is, and you say she can't afford to take a fall, and I do agree, but it is a wet tie, and I feel like if you wanted to, you could do enough shenanigans and enough nonsense for it not to really affect Amisori. Um, you know, you get hit with the plastic vegetable crane, as we know it's the most devastating weapon in all of stardom. So, um She's already the fourth longest reigning future of stardom champion. I think it's at two hundred. I think two hundred four days, something like that. Um, she's already fourth in terms of de- title defenses as well. Do we not think that Amisori can be sort of propelled now above the future of stardom division, and we can use that belt then to start? To start building up the likes of Miyu Amasaki, Momo Kogo, Hina, Rina, start start to build up, you know, Hanako, for example, or Aya Sakura, the two rookies. And we've got a third rookie coming in whose name escapes me because she's been injured since um, since she was supposed to debut. Do you not think now that Amitori can sort of elevate herself into that goddess of stardom picture you know she is a tag champ and sort of leave this division for the likes of those people that i've just mentioned very good point sir very good point so uh yeah you made a lot of good points there so it is a possibility and that would be a really good stretch of matches that we can see rena having you know with hina with me with the rookies and uh yeah the other rookie who has not debuted yet and i i don't think she's injured i think because uh she was just faking being injured because she had a wrestle Hazuki. Um, that's another story for another day. But uh, yeah, uh, that's a good point because you, you are you will open up the division to a lot more matches. So that might be the best thing for business there, sir. So uh, good point. And with that, the New Blood Tag Team Champions. I don't want to say lock because I feel like there's no such thing as a lock when I do predictions. There cannot possibly be a way that Starlight Kid and Karma are dropping these belts to Lady C and Hanako, are they? Oh, geez, you pigeonholed me. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's do it. We got to get one right. Let's put this on a double lock. That mean you a double lock. a double oh lock, a double wrist lock, a double uh, noggin nogger, whatever. Uh, double lock that Starlight Kid and Karma are retaining. That's it. Let's do it. Like we got to get one right, buddy. We've been, I, I've been on the show a year and a half. You've been doing it three years. Eventually, like we always, like we always say, a below broken clocks, right? Twice a day. We got to get this one right. So there it is, folks. Rob, are you gonna agree with me? You're gonna put the double lock on it with me. 
Yes. Yeah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Um, and that brings us to the end of our show, guys. A nice shorter one, he says, as it's nearly gone two hours again. How does this keep happening? Um, next week, we are going to be looking at the aforementioned New Blood 8 show. We're going to be looking at Himika's retirement ceremony, if, fingers crossed, this is up on Stardom World in Time. And we are going to be looking at the 8,245 Golden Week shows that are still to go up on Stardom World. We will be recapping all all of them bear with us it's going to be a long one um but thank you so much for listening guys we truly truly do appreciate it um all of your support is incredible and we can't thank you enough so really thank you again um we have got a couple of new patrons who i didn't mention before and i should have done whilst we were doing our patreon so i apologize but a small pot of cream great name by the way fantastic name um jeff sislak and kilbo baggins thank you for becoming our new patrons you guys are awesome um if you don't if you want to listen to more of us and you aren't already subscribed subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts we are literally everywhere um if you fancy leaving us a five-star review on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever that would really really help us out it helps us be listened to by more people it really does help us if you want to check out the website www.stardomcast.com um to get all our archived episodes as well as things like the updated title histories um the tournament statistics and it's just everything you need to get into stardom including our match guide as well um if you want to find us on social media it is at the stardomcast including our youtube channel as well um if you want to talk to me on twitter it is at real rob goodwin matt plug your socials and let's get out of here absolutely sir uh just a quick correction the name of that new patreon member is jeff cheslock and the only reason why i know that is because he was best man <laughs> at my wedding and uh, lily's godfather so uh thanks buddy for supporting the show and always supporting me and every venture i've ever done since i've known you since i was like three years old anywho uh, if you are going to be in the Scranton, <laughs> Pennsylvania area, I will be wrestling again for higher ground wrestling. And as always, the deal goes, you buy a ticket for the show and they are a Patreon member. Come to my merchandising booth. I will give you a free T-shirt of your choice. So uh, stop on by and see some really good wrestling. Again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for all the amazing things we have on the horizon for the show it's literally like we're living in a fever dream it really really is and we're so excited to tell you what uh what we recorded this past week so um be on the lookout for that if you want to get a hold of me matt turner of on the twitter and or the instagram is the best way to get a hold of me but if you want to shoot me an email that's fine as well the stardomcast 22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email if you have any questions suggestions or uh, anything that you want to know or talk about let me know like I always say, folks, just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. 